People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. Good day to all the Brothers Talk family worldwide, as we're glad to be joining you again in the car, the gym, the den, the kitchen, or barber, or beauty shop, in the backyard, on the corner, wherever you hold your relevant conversations to spur critical thinking and activism to support the Black community. As always, welcome to our first-time listeners joining this global family. Thanks to all of you as we're quickly approaching 10,000 downloads for helping us to spread the word about how we lift up the critical thought process with enlightened conversations and how we promote new and existing Black business opportunities to empower and enrich our community. In your weekly coronavirus reminder, please get vaccinated if you haven't already and stay vigilant avoiding both people and situations where you might be exposed. Again, family, please don't get complacent and let your guard down because even though it looks like COVID is here to stay with us, it's still very infectious and very deadly. So as you go about your daily routine, wear your mask and take the necessary precautions when you're out and about. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Hey, family. Uh, as Rod said, and we say every week, uh, well, f- well, first, thank you for your continued support. And as we say every week, we got to protect ourselves, our family, go out there and get vaccinated, wear your mask. Even though we keep hearing about, oh, you know, virus is coming down, there's too much conflicting information out there to take a chance. I mean, I, I went to something last night where I was shocked that me and maybe three other people in there had a mask on uh, out of about 300 people. And I, I was I was nervous and shocked that that people is basically have just decided that Corona is over and it's not COVID is over. So anyway, protect yourself and your family and go out there and be nice to black to each other and support black businesses. Norm. Thanks, Scott. And I just want to remind everybody the midterm elections are approaching us. And I want everybody to be be prepared to cast their vote and to study the issues and the candidates and be ready to vote for our interest and our community. And most of all, remember, all politics are local. So let's get ready, people. Rod? This week, we're going to do something that we like to do from time to time and model critical thinking, an example of which is looking at an issue from multiple perspectives. We've heard a lot this week about the $10,000 or $20,000 college student loan forgiveness plan, And we want to examine a lot of the hypocrisy and opinions about it. I'll start by saying that I totally agree with those who say it doesn't amount to much more than a drop in the bucket, especially when the progressives were pushing for total loan forgiveness, with so many students being literally crippled financially before they even start a career. And with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt that can't be refinanced and can't be escaped from using any of the means that are available to other people and businesses like bankruptcy. And this while the colleges and universities that have gotten into bed with the lenders prey on these young people 
to give no less of any kind of guarantee of employment. It's a horrible predicament, but $10,000 or $20,000 if you're a Pell Grant recipient is better than nothing, if even if it's only slightly so. You know, Rod, this whole, the way they roll that out, uh, to me, it, it's disgusting. Uh, and the backlash is even worse because you have a situation where uh, if you have a student loan, the only way you get rid of that, there are only two ways. You pay it off or you die. You can't file for bankruptcy. Now, look at the hypocrisy of that. The very people who are screaming and hollering about is not being fair. What's fair about people who've had multiple uh, multiple bankruptcy, like, say, 45, had about five or six, and he's still he's still a billionaire. You know, I know people who've for, had uh, filed for bankruptcy uh, multiple times because they foreclosed in their homes, and yet they've been able to get new homes. The number of people who file for bankruptcy to protect what they have, and they're still able to just function in this country and live above average, because they can file bankruptcy. But for these young kids, they can't do it. Not only that, the interest rates. Why are the interest rates so outrageously high on student loan debt? You know, interest rates on student loans are like 8.6%, something like has nothing to do with your with your credit score. So you can get a as high as interest rates for a house are right now or or for cars. Student loan interest rates are 8.6. How is that fair? And for the people jumping up and down and screaming about that, what about when we talk about the farmers? I looked up some, I, I, I just took, I just said, let me take a look and see how much money we've been giving farmers. Farmers have been, have gotten something like $428 billion in, in subsidies from 2019 to 2023. That's how much money that farmers are going to get free. And nobody's jumping up and down about that. Then we're talking about, you know, the taxes, the tax breaks for the rich. In 2000, the tax breaks they gave to uh, the Republican gave, I think it was 2019 or something like that, 2017. It was, there was, there was something like $30 trillion in taxes, a tax break the top 1% got $2 trillion in tax breaks and the rest was distributed amongst corporations. In the last 50 years, uh, the wealthy, all of the tax breaks have gone to the wealthy, the wealthiest in this country. And nobody's jumping up and down about that. The $2 trillion that, that uh, the Trump administration and the Republican pushed through for the super rich I didn't see people jumping up and down and complaining about that. All of the money that Marjorie Green, uh, 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 some of the Republicans like Chuck Grassley and Marjorie Taylor Green and 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 some others that uh, the CARES Act money, they was that money was forgiven. It was just given to them, and these kids aren't getting you know a uh, hundred and eighty thousand dollars and two hundred thousand dollars up. And but what what was the outrage for that? You know, there's a saying that debt is the new slavery. 
and literally that's what these banks and the government have created a pool of slaves that are going to be paying this money back for the rest of their lives they will never get out from under these student loans and unfortunately a large demographic that's trapped in these are african-american women who really per demographic are the largest debt holders in student loan debt and unfortunately our women are supporting the democratic party like no other and this is literally doing absolutely nothing for them and this debt that they're carrying which is another reason they need to be checked as far as the Democratic Party and our women that are supporting them, as Rod has said time and time again, we need to be looking at the progressives and leave the establishment Democrats alone. So the Repugs had the nerve to call this little bit of help for working class people a giveaway to the wealthy. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, like you mentioned, Scott, had the unmitigated gall to open up her idiotic yap saying that it's completely unfair for government to forgive the debt. Even though, as we said, it's not true loan forgiveness, but just a small portion. While she herself had over $180,000 in PPP loans forgiven, and for the rest of those lying repugs like Mike Kelly of Pennsylvania, or Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma, Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma, and Matt Gates of Florida, who had a combined total of over $3.8 million in PPP loans totally forgiven, while complaining that they're somehow looking out for the working class who shouldn't have to pay for students' education, and that is placing undue burden on average Americans when a lesser family is making less than $250,000, they don't even qualify for any of it. And that doesn't even begin to address the subsidies that the mega corporations, including Exxon, with their obscene profits, have gotten, and they're actually being borne by the average taxpayer. It's just the worst kind of hypocrisy. And as D.L. Hughley recently said, the Republicans are not against giveaways. They're just against who gets the giveaways. Yeah, I like that. And and, it's, and that's really accurate. Uh, the other disgusting thing about this is uh, the role that the news media play. You know, I'm kind of torn and conflicted with the uh, news media. On one hand, you know, they expose a lot of wrongdoing that that public officials do or celebrities or people in power, what they're doing. But then on the other hand, they're disingenuous about the way they report facts. Uh, and it's the same thing goes with the student loan debt. So they're saying that 43 million people have student loan debt and that that the 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 the, the proposal that Biden put out there is going to impact like 20 something million like right away by giving by reducing about 10%. And then the 20% is gonna gonna impact everybody else. Well, let's do the math here. Uh they're only, well, that's what they've been reporting in the census, about 36 million black people in this country. And if it's only 36 million black people in this country, all of those 36 million black people didn't go to college and they're not eligible to go to college. Or whatever, so we're probably talking about maybe five hundred thousand, and and I'm probably being generous on that. Of uh, 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 black students who uh, have 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 student loans, but the way they rolled it out, they're talking about low income Pell Grant, Pell Grant people who are you know need some help, the underserved, you know, and all of that is a description of black people, 
And so now you got people around the country thinking that the student loan debt, even even the president was saying, well, I promise these people they helped me and all that. Well, it's not accurate. It's disingenuous. And the news media, that's the way they paint that picture. And where are our Democratic Black elected officials called the Black Caucus or any Democrat who's coming out there and speaking truthfully about what's really happening? I have a question, gentlemen. When when Biden was running for president, this was an issue that he brought up that, and he claimed he was going to do this. But wasn't it at a larger extent? Absolutely. I mean, they were campaigning on folding in the progressive plan of eliminating student debt. And so, you know, as as you said, Norman, as we've been making the point, the progressives are still pushing for it. You know, the Elizabeth Warrens and the Bernie Sanders and the rest of the progressive caucus are still pushing for it. And what they have tried to do in the meantime is sort of pacify us saying, well, you know, this is a first step. And so I'm willing to at least give them the benefit of the doubt if there's more coming. But certainly, you know, we're not going to sit still and believe that that's all there is. And so, of course, once again, we can't get of our own way because we've got the black folks who are falling into the old what about me trap. And if I had to pay my loans back, why should today's students be forgiven? Again, even though sadly nothing is being totally forgiven, it's the old selfishness of literally, I don't want today's students and families to get anything that I didn't get. I can just hear the old refrain, why should they have freedom, learn how to read, be able to vote, get business loans, et cetera, when I couldn't? We got to be better than that, people. We don't need to be divided about this when the real battle is still for getting more resources for the Black community, not squabbling over the little bit that's already been sent our way. These people are already planting the seeds for a mess if and when we get reparations because they'll be complaining about who got what. It's truly the dividing line between I went through it so you won't have to and I went through it so you can too. Let's nip this in the bud, family. We don't need to do that. You know, you're exactly right, Rod. It just seems right now that when it comes to helping the middle class, uh, everybody gets upset. I mean, when they gave out uh, the CARES fund, yeah, I, I don't know how many, I don't know how much money uh, the Biden administration gave out. And even when it started with Trump uh, during the pandemic, if you were middle class, if you made a certain amount of money, you didn't get any of that money. But the people who didn't get any of that money, like myself, I wasn't jumping up and down and pissed off and mad and said, well, why are they getting the money? Uh, you know, I didn't get none. The same thing when Bush gave out. He gave out uh, a small amount of money to people and uh, nobody jumped up and down in the middle class about that. Uh, but when there's something that comes along to help the middle class, then everybody has a problem with that. Even people who've gotten the free money through the CARES Act. I got friends who and relatives like, no, I don't think they should be doing that. You know, give, Oh, but it's okay for you to get the free money that my taxes pay for. That's okay for you to get it. It's all about me. That's what it, me, 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 me. If it's not helping me, then screw everybody else. I don't want anybody else to get nothing if I can't get any of it. Unfortunately, you're right, Scott. Um, we live in a society where there's just no sense of community, no sense of empathy in regards to helping people and, and seeing people do better. And, you know, I just saw an article today, I think um, in a week, the next week, over 3 million people 
are going to be uh, kicked out of their homes. Um, the country has a lot of problems and a lot of issues, but I think the, the, the main issue is having empathy and a sense of humanity. And so we continue to see that we allow ourselves to be split over the nuance, the small stuff, when we have bigger problems. What you just talked about, Norm, is a, is a classic example of what we really need to be looking at. And we ought to be still questioning the country overall about how is it that you can come up with money for a war effort that we're not even a part of, and yet we can't even get a real conversation about reparations. We can't get a real look at what this student loan debt is doing. As we said, students are literally being economically crippled by that kind of debt, which, as you said, Scott, there's only two ways they get out of it. And for far too many of them, they're not even getting the jobs that'll let them to start to pay it back anyway, but it hangs over their head like a noose. And so it is, as you said, Norma, a new form of slavery. And basically it has the potential to lynch them if they're unable to pay it back. Well, well, well not only that, look at the money that there are something like 180 countries that the U.S. give give money to every year. And it's something like uh, averages uh, over fifty billion dollars, uh, probably a lot more than that. I don't, I don't know the exact amount, but these are tax dollars that are going to country to help other countries, and and I have no problem with that. But what about your own? Why is it that people are jumping up and down because you want to help some people who tried to get a better a better education in a in a in a very very flawed educational system where there is no way that now at some even state colleges you got to pay forty fifty thousand dollars to go to college especially if you're out of state and and it just the tuition rate has risen so high in terms of inflation in terms of of uh, you know cost of living in terms of people getting promotion and raises on their jobs but yet where's the outcry for all of the money that we, and we know a lot of that money is being wasted and stolen, especially when you send it to places in like Afghanistan and Iraq. Where's, where's the uproar about that? You know, Scott, I'm glad you mentioned Afghanistan because the 20 years we spent there, we have wasted well over $3 trillion. We left there and left countless billions of dollars worth of equipment there. Nobody's crying about that. Nobody's crying about that waste. But to invest in our young people in this country and giving them the opportunity to buy homes, buy cars, create industry in this country, create jobs in this country, because if you own a home, you have to furnish it. You have to do so many things and get so many services that could spur this economy. But in this country, unfortunately, slavery comes first. So there you have it. We have once again done our best to model for you what we enjoy, which is being able to look at a particular situation from a number of different perspectives. And we encourage everyone to do so, especially the Black community, because it's never been more crucial for us to be able to see through the smoke and mirrors and actually get to the root of what are our common issues and stay away from those who would try to keep us divided. So 
We are certain that the majority of our listeners agree, but if you don't, by all means, let us know. We'll be more than happy to not only share your point of view, but even invite you on to express it. So in our Black Business Spotlight, we're throwing just a little bit of a curve as we acknowledge Cricket Wireless. As we said in our relaunching Black Wall Street Nationwide platform, if there aren't any Black companies that provide the service that you need, then look for those that are putting their money where their mouths are and supporting the Black community. Cricket Wireless not only sponsored the HBCU Kickoff Classic in Atlanta, featuring Howard University and Alabama State, and their president appeared in a commercial to share that their commitment included contributing to and having a presence on every HBCU campus. So if you're considering a new wireless service, check them out and remember what they're doing. This could be a win-win. That's a wrap for another program, and God willing, we'll keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Don't forget, you can follow and communicate with us, sending your comments, questions, and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Until the next episode, as always, we sincerely appreciate your time and interest and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.